Good morning. Um, I'm Renika Cheney. I'm a part of the East Parish um, community group where uh, we meet at the Lanier's home. I'll be reading Psalm 95. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. And in his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day of Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For 40 years, I loathed that generation and said, they are people who go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. Therefore, I swore in my wrath that they shall not enter my rest. The word of the Lord. Good morning. I'm Howard Brown, the pastor here at Christ Central Church, and we've been doing a sermon series. Um, well, we just had one started last week. Um, we're starting a sermon series on our mission statement, which is on the front of your bulletin there, and um, freeing people to enjoy God, hear his truth, Grow a diverse community, engage the world with renewed dignity that comes from Christ. Well, this week we will continue uh, to focus on the first part of our mission statement, freeing people to enjoy God, freeing people to enjoy God. And we learned uh, last week that a large part of what it means for us to be engaged in the work of freeing people to enjoy God was to be freed to be sons and daughters of God. If you didn't hear that sermon, it's online. Go check it out and um, so we can kind of be with this, on this together as we go through this uh, mission statement. It sort of builds on itself. Um, this week, we ex explore our call, our mission to free people and to be people who are free to enjoy God by worshiping God. And some of you know, if you want to split a church, get into a conflict about worship, Right? What kinds of songs and music, how long the service should be, right? Whether or not you are responsive or emotional or spiritual enough or, or too pushy or too fake or too emotional and on and on and on. I remember when we started our new members class, I used to get in there and say, Christ Central Church, as far as this worship, is a church you probably won't like all the time. It'll be too long, too short. Too black, too white, too this, too that. But hopefully you'll love it because it's worship. And as much as it would be interesting to get into some of those more insidious topics, right? I'm going to stay as general as possible in laying out the mission of Christ Central Church and worship. Now I may come back and do a worship sermon series and we'll get deeper into some of this stuff. But though this is a message on the general concepts of worship, this is some seriously important stuff. Because many of us are pretty lost. We're pretty lacking, I know I am, and intimidated when it comes to worship. In most cases, worship is not really understood 
it just sort of happens to you, right? You just show up somewhere and you're worshiping, right? And, and most people are either stuck in something that isn't spirit and true worship or stuck outside of spirit and true worship. So how can and how are we at Christ Central Church being free to worship the Lord? Three things I want you to see here from the 95th Psalm um, that you can find in most of the Psalms. Like I, can almo- I could have almost uh, just flipped through the Bible and, and picked one of the Psalms and just put my finger there and say, I'm going to do a general sermon on how worship works. You can find this in most of the Psalms. In worship, we join God first in freeing people to respond to his word. Secondly, freeing people to respond to his worth. And finally, freeing people to respond to his work. Word, worth, work. For many of us, our understanding of worship started when we walked into a worship space or a worship service or experience, sort of like the plus one guest of a party of someone we really didn't know that well. I mean, I grew up, my mom, I mean, she always looking for the newest place to worship. I've been some crazy places, let me tell you. And I've always felt, you know, most of the times I was like, hey, I don't know what's going on. I'm the plus one guest. I don't have to know the people. I don't have to know what's happening. I'm just here. Well, God frees us in worship beyond just showing up as a plus one guest to his party. He frees us in his word, the scriptures, the Bible, by giving us a call to worship and instructions to worship. Look at the way this psalm is laid out. And and many, again, if not most psalms, are the same way. Even our worship service, we follow suit in having a call to worship. So in the psalm, found at the beginning of of each of these phrases, you have these words, if you just kind of skim over it, right? Oh, come. Let us, right? Then if you jump down to verse 8, it says, do not harden your hearts, right? And in, in, in many psalms, it's come, let us, come over here, lift your hand, shout, sing, right? And, and these clauses that look like invitations are more like a court summons, right? They're more of a subpoena, right? Where, where, where there is no maybe option. And it brings a whole new meaning to enter his courts with thanksgiving, doesn't it? These calls to worship are more on the command side of things, as in you better, right? Y'all better worship. You better sing or pray and put your hands up. This is like a teacher saying to a classroom of, of kids in class, saying, class, let's put our stuff away. Or a coach at practice saying, let's go through that play again. It is a... Non-suggestion suggestion, right? It's an invitation where not doing it would put things out of order. It would misalign the relationship. It would be in contempt. It would be a dis, a disrespect of the position and place you are in in reference to who the other person is. Worship is God's word calling you, a human, to respond to him. And again, it's more than a suggestion. It's a foregone assumption that before God, the God of the Bible, that, that get this, that he in the relationship we are in with him, it just calls for worship. To be at and throw a party for him, that's what a call to worship means. Our mission 
is not only to answer that call, but at Christ Central, to be faithful to make that call to the world and to each other, to those who come into our spaces and, and into our homes and into our worship service with the voice of God calling them through us that if you didn't know, now you know, you are called to worship God and God is calling for it and the situation and relationship calls that you do it. You were not free to receive this, but now I give it a call to worship. But what goes along with that is something equally freeing. When it comes to responding to God's call, call to worship, he not only calls us to worship, his word instructs us in worshiping him. Look at this psalm again. On verse 1, it says, O come, right? Let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Goes on to say, let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Then if you jump down to verse 5, it says, the, the sea is his for he made it and his hands form the dry land. And then it goes on, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts in verse 8. Do you see it? God does not say, come to worship, worship me. You have no choice, now go. Right? Do, do what automatically feels natural. Right? Th that's how we get so much jacked up worship now. And worshiping the wrong kinds of stuff and all kinds of gods. People feel this internal call to worship. And scripture says that built in us is this desire to worship. Because as we will see later, God's presence is in the whole world. But we are trapped without the directions and instructions for worship. Without clear instructions from God's word, we are, not, we are bound to not worship God. But we're stuck worshiping the wrong things or worshiping, or worshiping what isn't God or not truly worshiping the true God in spirit and in truth that he calls for. Look what God says in verse 10 and 11. It says here, for 40 years, this is when the people of Israel were wandering in the desert and living disobediently. It says, for 40 years, I loathe that generation and said they are a people who go astray in their hearts Listen to this. And they have not known my ways. Verse 11, therefore I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. He's talking about those who won't hear his voice of instruction. Do you see it? Those who did not worship his way, follow his word, were led astray. That means out of the safety of the sheep pen mentioned in verse 7. And they could not, as verse 11 says, enter the rest. They couldn't find a place to enjoy, right? To be joyful, as verse 1 says, to worship God in joy. They were not free to worship God in disobeying and not knowing his instructions for worship and from his word. When they could not hear his voice, they couldn't worship in rightly and truly. But this is how good God is. He gives us instructions for worship. He frees us by giving us directions and, I'm going to use this word, regulations. It's a good word, but I know it seems the opposite of free to most of you. I know some of you don't want to hear about worship having instructions and directions. That's just a pain. 
but regulations for worship because if we don't worship God the way he wants and he's instructed, we won't know what we shouldn't or should do or say or how we should act. You know who the hardest people to buy a gift for? The people who are the most awesome in your life, right? The people who have everything. I really don't know what to buy my dad for Christmas. I don't. You know, he gives us a gift and we look at what it costs. It's like, man, we can't get that brother nothing. <laughs> right? It's even worse. Like, man, when Kelly came in the family and then and, and my brothers got married, I, my dad, no, we, he didn't have any daughters, right? He only had boys. So at Christmas, the gifts they would get, right? And then you put your little sorry gift next to dad's gift. And it's like, oh my gosh, what do you give this man for Christmas, right? What do you give your wife for Christmas? I've seen guys, man, let me tell you, uh, February 14th coming up, Valentine's Day, dude's going to be walking around the mall moping, just looking for something. Should I go to the chocolate place? That was last year. Should I get flowers? Should I get a stuffed animal? Oh, no, that's corny. That ain't enough. I don't have but so much money. You know, all that stuff. You know, the people who you can't outgive or overgive what they have given you. You know, we need that with God. Wouldn't you think to finally be freed, to not have to figure out what to do and give the always happening party and call of God to be enjoyed and honored as God? It is not freedom to guess. Because you're either going to be too extra or not enough. So God tells us, and the scripture is filled with stuff, y'all. And it do, and, and doesn't have some other stuff. Like God has not asked that we have a pinata at church every week. As a re regularly, I would like it, especially if all kind of stuff, cash flowing out that thing, of course. I'm telling you, some churches do have kind of a pinata worship, right? Well, they say they are, but you know, anyway. I mean, God might even come to your pinata-centered birthday party and enjoy himself. But to worship, he says that here in Psalm 95, which isn't everything. I mean, there's lots of psalms and there's lots of worship things. But he says what? But he says sing, right? Praises, make joyful noises. He says come together. He says bow down. He says bend our knees. He said get emotional by looking into your hearts and minds. He said talk about the word of God, the Bible, his voice mentioned in verse 7. I love this because I know you come to worship services and you think that somebody brilliant came up with this? No, it's the word of God. God came up with it thousands and thousands of years ago. I was watching the new uh, series on Netflix. I get in trouble with all these documentaries. A series called Rotten. Y'all seen that thing? It deals with the food industry, right? Of course, rotten. Come on, y'all. Don't y'all want to see that and then go eat? Yeah. <laughs> What is deeper than that? You know, they get behind all the economic morality behind it and what China's doing with the food and what we're doing. And they talk about the small town farmers and how they're getting cut out and all this kind of stuff and raw milk and kids getting sick from it. I mean, all kind of stuff. That kind of stuff I love to look at. And then I go right over to Harris Street and get whatever's on sale. <laughs> whatever's fatty, salty, wrong, right? 
But, but it, it deals with the food industry. And I was watching the one on food allergies. And one of the messages in that show was that there are food allergies and destruction and death from something as natural and common as eating food. Why? Because somewhere along the way, in the production and preparation of some of the foods, not everything, something has been added or taken away that is not organic or germane to food. Whether foreign toxins or pesticides or, here we go, human greed, or super growth chemicals. That chicken at churches shouldn't be that big. But I like it because you can get three big pieces of chicken for $2.99. I like it. <laughs> but it's true about crops and produce. It's also true about church. I believe in our world we're having a terrible reaction to worship. Because it's not authentic. And organic. It's not germane. Which means it, it comes from, it is, it is, which means it, it's not Coming from God's word, it's not guided by God's word and design and anything extra or less or sanitized or washed for our convenience because it'll take too long. Or because, you know, we got to get out for lunch in time or we got to get to the game, right? We sanitized it or washed it for our convenience or ease, right? Because we want it to make us comfortable and we, and we want to create a, a more enjoyable experience beyond what the Word actually gives us. And some of us, unfortunately, have been made afraid and traumatized and we've developed all kind of allergies to worship. And God is freeing us to worship Him by getting back to the regulative instructions on what should go into it and where it should come from by His Word. And so it is our mission at Christ Central to be free in our worship, by keeping worship about Him and germane and authentic and organic to the word so that you and I can truly enjoy him and not be cut off from him like the psalmist talks about in verse 8 because they did not and could not hear his words and follow his words of instruction. We do our best and seek to do as much and then only as much of what his word calls us to like songs, like praise, like the sacraments, like prayer, like confession of sin, like giving tithes and offerings, like testifying and sharing what God is doing in the world through the life of Christ Central, like greeting each other. We are free to worship by God God's word, and it is his word that points us to how and why we are freed by his worth. His worth. Well, I've heard me preach before on the fact that the word worship comes from the word worth. So it's worth it, actually. Worship is answering the call and instruction of God according and because of his worth. Look at the psalm again. I will emphasize the worst pieces as much as I can. I'm going to probably miss something. But you see it, right? Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord, right? Let us make a joyful noise to the rock. These are all positives, right? These are superlatives in, 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 in the language here of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful Noise, okay, okay. To him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. And then it goes on. L listen, listen to this. 
It says, in his hand, right? Not his hands, it ain't flowing over, it ain't, it ain't, like, in his hand, all right? It says, are the depths of the earth. Now, my wife Kelly, who these worshipers, she just mentioned the thing about, you know, I, I was just watching yesterday, one of those planet earth things. Lord have mercy. I watched one of those things, I was about to eat some eggs, I couldn't eat it after. I don't know why, it just had a bad reaction to some of those ocean things going on. But anyway, you see those things? I'm like, I can't believe that's in the ocean. What in the world is that? Right? We can't go deep enough. And that's just the ocean. What about inside the crust of the earth? Is it like one of these sci-fi things with these creatures living in the molten? I mean, we don't know. But it says that in his hand, which means in his understanding, in his control, right? It says here are the depths of the earth and the heights of the mountains are his also. Not y'all, quit, quit trying to climb the Himalayas and all that and get to the top, okay? His and the goats that live up there, not yours. <laughs> right? The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord. What? Our maker. Wow. He's a God of wrath in verse 11 too. Verse 7, he speaks with authority that we need to listen. Why are and should we be free to worship God? Because God is ridiculous, y'all. It's ridiculous. It's the only word I got this morning. He is multiverse, y'all. He tops the top. He is, as some of you say, the man. He is the H-D-I-C. Scripture says, above all gods, the head deity in charge, right? Let's, let's change that up, all right? In other words, you are free to give him worship because there ain't nothing wrong with him. There's no downside. I heard one guy say he's 100% jam and not a scam, right? The truth, right? You know, we wear our little jerseys. Some of us going to wear our little New England jerseys today. Some of us went out and actually bought a Vikings jersey. I don't know where you found that around here, you know. They had that thing shipped through Amazon. I mean, they, they had to find that thing. Only ones they had was the Randall Cunningham and the... Adrian Peterson, they had nobody new and they didn't expect it this year. Don't act like you were supposed to be there. In Jacksonville, my Lord, oh my goodness. But we gonna wear our little jerseys and flaunt our bumper stickers with pride. But your team ain't always the truth. All the time in every era and every situation above all else in every arena and any field all the time, your team will have the greatest on your teams. Retire! Brady gonna retire. Matt, he's 40. <laughs> I'm 46. He ain't got long. Trust me, I know how my body feels. <laughs> he's headed there. Heard one comedian say, when old get on you, that's it. It's got you. You're not going to outrun it, outthrow it, outwork it out. Old got you, right? Okay, that's not the sermon. 
But think about it. Your teams, people are going to retire on your college teams. People are going to graduate. They're going to clear for the NFL or NBA early. Some of them are going to die. They're going to get fired for moral failure, have someone better, take their place on a roster, have dynasties in, but not the God of the Bible. He will never lose and never fail and never falter and never have a slump year, an off year, or a rebuilding time. Ain't even part of it, right? Which means you are free to worship him because of his incommunicable worth. And what do I mean by the word incommunicable? That God is out of this world. He is in his ways and how he is like Superman, right? Super being, super as an alien kind of invasion, or better yet, a super being who has created a place for us to be in the world with him because he was here before us, right? He is way beyond and above and superior to and for all of us. Creator, Lord, as verse 1 says, holding the world in his hands, owning this thing, not being drowned or overwhelmed or challenged by it, like we are in verses 4 and 5, just because these few of many, these are just few of the many things that this Psalms tells us and teaches us about his holiness, his all-seeing, his all-knowing, his all-powerful, his all-and-everywhere present, all-right and true and good God. Because of all of that, you should have no hesitation, no second thoughts, right? You don't need to give this person, this being, this God, a second thought. All of your praise and attention and everything you ask for from us should come automatically. And thus we sing songs to him about things that are nothing like us. Some of these songs are like, what in the world is this? Right? You're, you're a good, good father. You, you perfect in all your ways. Perfect? I don't know. Nobody like that. We use words like exalt and sovereign or king of kings. But that is true and basic and very real about God as he's shown us in his word. But it is not just his incommunicable worth. It's his what we call communicable worth. That means what he communicates to us and through us that frees us to worship him. Communicate, communicable, what God shares of himself in and with us. Look, no one throws a glory to him party like God himself. In fact, that's how this whole thing started, right? God wanted a party for himself one day. I don't know what day. Eternity passed. They had no day yet. Okay, I'm just using that so we can understand it. So one day, God the Father, Holy Spirit said, I'd like a party forever. Let's create some human beings. Let's create a world. Yay, party, right? And you guys are in the party, but some of y'all ain't partying, right? But th this, this is what God did. It was supposed to be the worship, you know, and, and so God wanted a party for himself and wanted the right kind of perfect creation to enjoy it with him. Do you understand what that means to be, when it says God our maker? He created you to enjoy him and enjoy this party place called the world. You know, before the fall, work was part of the party. I can't imagine that. When my alarm clock goes off at 630, I'm not ready to party. I'm ready to go to work, right? It's too, it ain't the same thing. I ain't partying on the way, driving down crowded 77, trying to get on that one little exit to 277. That's not partying. <laughs> but before the fall, he created originally, he wanted us to be able to enter the party in a way the rest of creation was not. 
Do you realize the living creation are like, are, are, are like the, 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 the decorations for the party? Like God has living decorations for his party, a living band, right? The Bible says the heavens declare his glory and the birds sing and the, the fish jump in the sea. And we are invited to this most colorful display of God's glory. We are created for singing and being joyful and God being our maker. The maker is our king. And in verse 4 and 5, we see that God has given us the resources again and the world to live on and enjoy and work with and live on and take care of. That as we're doing these things, we are we are actually working out the party. We are in worship as we handle and enjoy and appreciate and live in this place, the earth. I say that because there's a whole other sermon we'll get to at the end when we talk about um, engaging the world. But you are always engaged in worship because God is always there. And you are not ever not at his party. You are not ever away from his party decorations, okay? So if you go out there, if you see the sun today, if you see the blue skies, again, like Kelly said, if you put your hand on your heart and it's beating, party decorations. He needs some worship, right? God is the one who values us when he calls us the the sheep of his pasture, right? And God is the one who values us as the ones that give him glory and makes him happy. Do you understand? We are valued and worth being cared for by his hand because he's our maker and we are made in his image. We have the kind of worth that means, here's the communicable part, we can be holy too. We can be declared righteous too. We can have relationship too. You're not an animal, right? You're a human being more than just a regular animal. And we, we can respond to relationship too and have hearts and emotions too, just like God. And we understand the whole sheep and care thing because we have the ability to have sheep ourselves and care and care for each other. And how we care for each other in the world and work and play is worship to him because we are actually expressing the worth he gives us as human beings every single day. We are celebrating and praising him when we live in the fullness of the worth of what it means to be human. You know, I think we've given up that word on humanity and I understand humanism as being opposed to the gospel as a human being becomes a center of the universe. But do you know what the gospel actually works out? For you to be the most human you could ever be. You see, you, people think, okay, if I become a Christian, if I become a believer, you know, I'm going to kind of lose my emotion and lose my sensibility. I'm going to lose what it means to be human. How can that be when you're drawing closer to God who is your maker? I would say you're not human enough. <laughs> we ain't celebrating and enjoying ourselves and each other in this world enough. Don't you know to come into the faith and grow in the gospel is to grow in that holiness and relationship and worth and dignity that God has given you and you grow in that and you begin to enjoy what it means to be a human on this earth that much more even though we live in a broken and fallen place? Some of y'all Maybe too young 
But I used to wish I could be on Soul Train. Where is this going? I don't know. I just thought it was funny. I threw it in there. On Saturdays after the cartoons went off. Sorry, it's part of the African-American experience. You watch little Scooby-Doo? You know. Oh, wrestling used to come on on Saturday. My granddaddy used to go, Red, he loves some wrestling. Ric Flair, all them guys. Okay, we're not getting into that. When I was growing up in the mid to late 70s, I'd be watching them dance for y'all. Who got to get all close to Don Cornelius? And earth, wind, and fire on stage. Michael Jackson up there. The black Michael Jackson. <laughs> this was in the 70s, y'all. He was still my color, brown. Michael with the big nose. I'm telling y'all, y'all don't know. Back in the day. And I was just thinking, Mom, I'm going to be on there. My mom was like, son, those folks are like dancers. Like, She tried to help me. They're like semi-professional, you know. They're made to be on there. So you can't just show up to the Soul Train taping in L.A. or when it was in Chicago and just roll in and say, I want to be on Soul Train. What's this got to do with worship? Y'all, I don't know. Human beings have what it takes to party on God's Soul Train. Y'all get it? You don't have to be on the outside looking in. You don't have to come here and think, man, look at Kelly and the singers up there. Man, those are soul-trained dancers. No, they're not. <laughs> they're the earth, wind, and fire. Y'all are soul-trained dancers. <laughs> you all have what it takes. You have the Bible saying here when it says, come to sing, come to worship, come to bow down, right? Come make a joyful noise. What it's saying is you have all the moves in you. He put them in you, communicable from God's attributes, and you are being free to express yourself as God has called and instructed you to because he has shown and expressed himself in all the world and in you and me. So not only do you have what it takes to worship and worship as a human being, you now have the ability to take what God gives and worship for your soul. To receive the party favors and gifts to refuel your sense of worth in ways the world has ruined and run you and me down in. At Christ Central, this mission is about expressing and helping each other and giving opportunities to be moved by God's incredible worth, to let God's incredible worth pour inside of us as we give him worth and give him glory and give him dignity. dignity. It automatically reflects back on us and it changes us. Which brings us to our final point here. God frees us to worship him by freeing us to respond to his work. Seen in his powerful presence in the world and his powerful presence in us. There are other psalms that express this better, but look, starting at verse 3, again, um, it says, For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands form the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in Meribah, as on the day of Massa in the wilderness. God is showing the world his work. 
He's showing in the world. And I already went through this real quick. Like, and he is actively at work and present in it. Right? If you look at something incredible, like I said, on TV, or you, or you went hiking and you see something, you're like, man, look at that waterfall, right? <laughs> That's God's work. Like, he's at work. That waterfall still running? Like, those, an- okay, I'm just high on that whole planet Earth because I just watched it yesterday. I tried to flip away from it, but something new kept coming on. But, <laughs> like, those things don't act. Like, they don't work. They all fall apart, right? It, it, the, the law of thermodynamics, it should fall apart. It shouldn't work like that. Like, so who's holding it together? What intelligence is in and behind that, right? Like, like meals don't just show up on the table, y'all. Somebody puts those together. It happens because someone is in it and made it happen. God didn't just wind up the clock like some theologies teach. He is actually, the Bible says, the depths of the earth are in his hands. He's in it. And so what we see here is that he is actively present in the world. God is all around, right? Now, we don't want to get into pantheistic thought where God is in this wood right here, right? Oh, this is God's in this wood so we can take a piece of it and worship it. Don't go crazy on me. Don't get extra. But God's presence is in the air. It's here. And the Bible says that should have been proof and reason to praise him. Right? That's why, in fact, the psalmist talks about it at the beginning of verse 8, how they saw him at work. God's people saw him at work in the wilderness. Y'all, he did some stuff in the wilderness. He, was a, he came in a pillar of fire. He made smoke come up. That was him. He made bread come down from heaven. He made a sea open up. I mean, he was doing all kinds of things in nature. The rock poured out water, all kinds of stuff. And it should have been proof when they looked at him working in nature, right? It should have been something that made the Jews of old respond with worship. It was a kind of display of God's worth and presence around him in the world that would have, verse 11, let them enter his rest, the place and space where they could feel and be free to worship him in spirit and truth. Not going to spend too much time on this, but the Bible teaches that all human beings should be able to look around at the world and see that something more powerful and more intelligent is at work and has done some incredible work that someone, some being must have and have held all of these things in his hand, like verse 4 and 5, the depths of the earth and the mountains and the sea in his hands, that creation itself says, this is God's work, and therefore God is present. Praise him. And we too should look around and outside of ourselves and look at nature and all that stuff they show us again on National Geographic and River Monsters. I love that River Monsters show. I, I like the fish, but I never pull out some of the stuff he pulls out. I don't know if I want to, but because um, if I get it, what am I going to do with it? It can bite me. So, but it... it We should be liberated and spurred on and freed from deep down inside and say, praise him. Let me figure out who this God is and how to worship him. Something about him. The Bible says the whole world is without excuse. Because we see it. But the Bible says we suppress it. Party over here. No, I'm not going to that one. Right? Oh, I can feel myself moving, but I can't go, Lord. I'm sorry. But unfortunately, the whole world is not free to worship him because as verse 8 says, something is wrong with our hearts. Worship is a heart issue. Look, 
It's not a music issue. Okay? Yeah, we, we, spent a, we spent a lot of money on our music starting out. We did a lot of things. I did some arrangement. I, mean, I was like the P. Diddy of Christ Central Church worship. <laughs> Me and Kelly and Giorgio and my brother Terrence, we'd sit in there. We'd be designing these songs, some of which are all sung. A lot of them fall off because they ain't that great. But you know, all them Matt Redman and all them guys, they, they win. Okay? Fred Hammond, all, they, they, they win. Okay? But it ain't the music, right? If you don't enter worship, something's wrong here, God is saying. So God was doing all these things in the wilderness. He spoke to them. He, they were his people. He freed them from slavery. He said, I'm God. Here I am. Fire, smoke, all this kind of stuff, all this symphony, right, of, of greatest symphony you could ever see in the wilderness. And they said, nope. It's a hard issue. Why aren't you free to worship this? Something is wrong inside. That means we are free to worship and joy only if God not only does work in the world, we see around us in the wilderness, as verse 8 says. But if God does a work in the wilderness and depths and heights, like he did with the mountains and stuff, in our hearts. So what does it mean to be free to worship God? It means having a heart that is soft a new heart, a new place, place inside of you like, a, like it's a sponge for God's greatness where God actually is, where he comes in and lives and works and invites you and me and instructs us and opens our eyes from the inside out to the wonder and beauty and worth and the word so that we can be free to worship him. If we look at this passage where it talks about the... He, he, he has the, the depths of, of the earth again, and the, and the mountain is, is in his hands, and the sea is his. And then he goes and jumps and says, he goes and says in verse 6, right? Or He says, what? That you're the sheep of his pasture. You're in his flock. What that means is God's presence is not only in the world, but as powerfully as it is in the world, it is in you. We're free to worship God only as he goes into deep and hard places of our hearts and lives. And it's powerful to handle all that is wrong and twisted and wildness. And y'all, I know y'all got some extra stuff, especially if you're from the South. Some of y'all have been to church a lot. And some of that stuff, some wild, twisted weeds of stuff. You ain't free to worship, right? You, you've been afraid, right? God has to do a work. We pray to him, renew me to worship. I do it all the time. I'm, I'm real mental, y'all. I'm all up in my head in this worship service. Is that too loud? Is that too soft? Blah, blah, blah. What's going on? Who's here? How many people we got? Blah, blah, blah. Look, I'm thinking all this crazy stuff. God has, the Holy Spirit has to come into the heights and depths of where I am Every day on Monday or Sunday worship, because you worship every day, but in corporate worship too, he's got to come in here by his love, by his hands, his presence, his Holy Spirit has to come and he has to twist and turn and open me up to worship him. What are we talking about when we say God, God is freeing us to worship? How does Christ Central Church participate in that? Not because we write great songs 
Are we because we have a magnificent band? Because we believe the one who opens hearts to worship is the Lord Jesus Christ. You understand that it was he in verse 11 who was not allowed to enter God's rest when he went to the cross? Don't you realize that he was kicked out as part of God's flock that you are called to be in to worship him? Don't you realize that on the cross, when you, when you look at the cross passages, he did not make a joyful noise from that cross. He made the most mournful noise a human has ever made. The most tragic, painful noise a human has ever made before God. For what reason? So that when we receive him into our hearts, now we are free to make a joyful noise. Now we are free to be his sheep because he was a sacrificial lamb. And now we are free to enter his rest because he was kicked out of God's rest. We are free, free to experience the heavenly realm of, 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 of worship right here on earth because God in Christ suffered hell for us. That is why we praise him. That is how we're free to worship him. And if you don't know the Lord like that, let me tell you guys, I'm all in my head. I'm all consumed about how I look. I'm worried about my masculinity. I'm a man. I'm going to be all crying and all that stuff like a fool, right? Let me tell you, the Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel has to come in my heart and change me. And then I'm all crying and snotting and goo-goo and gaga for God and don't know where it came from. It came because the Holy Spirit of God came in my heart because Jesus made a way through his sacrifice. Amen. We free people to worship God because we're free to share the good news of the gospel. Free to enjoy God through worship. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you free us to worship you because of the message of the good news. Because of the story and real presence of God in the earth on our behalf in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that by grace we're able to make a joyful noise. Thank you that by grace we're able to look out at the world and see your beauty and give you praise and give you glory and give you honor. Humble us, Lord. Humble us by the reality that Christ came to do the work of God in the hearts of people like us who are stiff to worship sometimes, afraid of it, don't want to look stupid, don't want to look crazy. Thank you for looking stupid and crazy for us, Lord Jesus, so that we can honor you with praise. I pray for our people. Oh, Lord, what a privilege it is to come into your presence and worship you. Free us to worship. We, we, we need this in this congregation. We come from so many different backgrounds in here. So many different experiences. Bad and good. Soft and loud. Long and short. Help us to focus on you. Holy Spirit of God. Blow fresh on this congregation. Blow a fresh wind in us of the gospel of the grace of God take our hard hearts who can't hear you anymore 
call us to worship that blind us from seeing your glory and your worth and our worth and call? Blow that out. Free us by your supernatural power. This we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.